Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Thanks to everyone who supports Daily Tech News Show directly. To find out more, head to dailytechnewsshow.com slash support. This is the Daily Tech News for Thursday, November 1st, All Saints Day 2018. In Los Angeles, I'm Tom Merritt. And from Studio Feline, I'm Sarah Lane. From Oakland, California, I'm Justin Robert Young. And I am Roger Chang, producer and Halloween dead. Halloween dad, you have fun Halloween carrying dad. your daughter all over. I was exhausted, but the uh, the the houses were very well decorated. Nice, nice. Sounds sounds like a, a, a overall a healthy uh, as far as a workout goes, and enjoyable Halloween. <laughs> all right, let's uh, get right into the tech news with a few tech things you should know. Security researcher Jose Rodriguez discovered a bug in iOS 12.1, which, of course, was just released on Tuesday, that exploits groups' FaceTime calls, allowing anyone to access an iPhone's contact information without needing a passcode. So Rodriguez found this by selecting the FaceTime icon, adding a person, selecting the plus icon, and then scrolling through contacts using 3D Touch to provide contact information like email addresses and phone numbers. Now... A hacker would need physical access to a phone to exploit this, which limits the exploit's power, obviously. But contact information from a victim's network could play into phishing schemes and the like. Yeah. Twitter is testing a home screen button on iOS that lets users switch from an algorithmic timeline to the former reverse chronological feed that only shows people they follow. This option existed within Twitter's iOS settings, but the test makes toggling between top tweets view and latest tweets view much easier. Mm, Finally doing something we want. Microsoft's Twitch competitor Mixer has some updates, calling it season two of the software, uh, releasing over the coming week skills for audience members to interact with game streams, Sparks patronage that works as currency within Mixer, Mixer Embers, a new virtual currency that audience members can purchase with actual currency, and progression. Starting next year, Mixer will gamify the audience portion of streaming, trying to get fans to use skills, earn props from other audience members, and and just generally participate more. Let's talk a little bit more about a rumored acquisition. Mm, sources tell Financial Times that Apple has held talks with iHeartMedia to take a stake in the U.S. radio company. 
but that the potential deal is still in the preliminary stages and maybe a multi-million dollar marketing partnership rather than a direct investment. iHeartMedia filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy in March. Tom, let me ask you this. Let's play a little game of where did this story come from? (laughs) Uh, yeah, it's certainly not Apple. Apple doesn't benefit nor Apple doesn't leak usually unlike a lot of companies and, uh, uh, or, or on purpose leak, I should say. Yeah. I mean, they leak like a sieve in other ways, but but they don't do the we want you to know necessarily a lot. iHeartRadio, on the other hand, going through Chapter 11 bankruptcy, uh, gets a lot of benefit out of the idea that Apple might sink some money in any way in it. Uh, look, iHeartMedia I, I, I is a very interesting uh, play for them in that what Apple wants with Apple Music is connections. It's why Jimmy Iovine was such a perfect person to launch that service. Uh, iHeartMedia has a tremendous – if you don't know what iHeartMedia is, they have partnerships with all the major radio broadcasters. Yes, all five of them. Uh, and uh, they, they wield tremendous influence for their concerts and stuff like that. They are the digital face for radio, which of course means it's kind of crippled and not really as good as it could be. But uh, if Apple takes it over or Apple makes a deal with them, they get what they want, which is access to major artists and more of an ability to get exclusive content. I I kind of am, am intrigued by the idea of Apple acquiring iHeartMedia and then suddenly all these iHeartRadio stations become Apple radio stations, right? I mean, that sounds very Apple-like. I, I could imagine Apple Music powering radio stations. It's why they started Beats One, because they love that idea of personality-driven radio. Beats One suddenly could be carried in small parts on a bunch of different radio stations around the country. Yeah, that's that that's a question because do they want beat does beats one want to grow out of the exclusivity of apple music or do they want to keep that there what about their exclusive uh shows i mean uh, i mean Nikki i, I would has been making news i wasn't suggesting beats for- one takes over radio stations so uh, let, let me be clear i was yeah. saying i was thinking of these these sort of situations where you have a beats one radio hour on the current iheart radio partners and that just pushes people to the full Beats One product. Okay, so so you have like Zane Lowe, who is their yeah, their, the number one guy who does uh, uh, interviews with every major artist. And so when he sits down with Drake, now all of a sudden, that- right, you get it on ninety two point three as well yeah. as the app. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, the reach is is quite greater. I think that's actually a really good idea. I I think it's intriguing. I also think it's probably going to be as fruitful of a rumor as the one where Apple was thinking of buying (laughs) uh, Time Warner Media, uh, which they explored and didn't do. Uh, I have a feeling they'll explore this and go, yep, that's a dying uh, company. No, we we would rather not. But sure, we'll market. I I I would fully expect a marketing partnership to come out of this. I I think a marketing partnership. The other thing that iHeartMedia does, and this might be more of an acu-hire of you guys have the connections that can have us spread into traditional sure. radio if that's the way that we want to go. Uh, because they're kind of a lot like Hulu, where before Hulu started making a name for themselves with their original content, their biggest uh, a point of, of value, or in, as it continues to be, is that they had financial and creative relationships with the networks that supply the hit shows. And unlike Warner, uh, this is a much cheaper acquisition. So Apple, you know, yeah. has still has a pile of cash sitting around, as far as I can tell. <laughs> 
Well, here's some news that came directly from the company itself. Sonos announced it's delaying support for Google Assistant until 2019 on the Sonos One. After saying last October, that was 2017, that Google Assistant would be supported by 2018. Hmm. In a blog post, Sonos says it needs more time to get the experience right. It's making progress and we'll try to lock down a date in early 2019. This this strikes close to home, I know, because you you have the Sonos and you use Amazon Voice services on it. But I know you've been intrigued by the idea of using Google that Assistant. That was the it. whole idea of this: is that it was not platform agnostic, or that or it, it was, was platform, platform agnostic. Yeah, it was, it was. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's 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 not. I I kind of I don't know. A few months ago, I was like, I guess that whole Google Assistant thing is just not happening. It's nice to hear Sona saying, "Listen, we're not meeting the expectation. We need more time. We're going to. Don't worry about it. We're trying to be as transparent as possible." Appreciate that. Still, sort of a bummer um, for somebody who um, spent more money on a speaker that was that was um, you know it, it was it wasn't an Amazon or a Google product. It was something else. That was, but that's their brand, right? And so they would rather yeah. their gamble is. Let's not release something that's bad. You're paying more in an increasingly commoditized market when uh, Amazon is literally putting out a microwave with some of this functionality. Uh, (laughs) You expect something more, better sound, better recognition, more platform. So they want to get it right. Uh, I think this is good for their brand. But also, Sonos is the kind of company that waited probably about a year too long to get into some of this voice assistant kind of stuff. So uh, we will we will we will see exactly how long it takes for them to get it right. I suspect too, and this may be entirely off base, but I suspect Google is a harder partner to work with than Amazon. Amazon Voice Services seems to make it into pretty much anything it wants to be in. Uh, Google, this is not the only company that's saying, yeah, we want to bring Google Assistant and it'll happen, but it's not yet. I think Google has a lot more restrictions on what you can do with the data because that's yeah. where Google makes all of its money. Amazon just wants to direct someone into their retail channel. Uh, otherwise, they could, they can be flexible. Google wants to own all the data the, of the of the person who does this so they can sell them advertising. And uh, Sonus may be a little uncomfortable with aspects of, of that part of the situation. I don't know. Tell you what, that would be a really, really, really good story. Free lead to all the freelance <laughs> journalists listening right now. That I think they, like that that element of the voice wars is fascinating because to me, yeah. it could dictate whether or not Google Assistant, no matter how good of a product it is, if it's ever going to be able to catch up to the scale of Amazon Alexa. And I've seen some articles around that topic, so I wouldn't be surprised if someone's digging into that uh, to update it right now. Flickr. Man, it feels like I'm doing buzz out loud again. I'm talking about Flickr. Uh, Flickr announced it will no longer require users to sign in with the Yahoo account credentials starting in January. Uh, Those with free accounts, however, will also no longer get a terabyte of free storage, instead being limited to 1,000 photos. Pro users, on the other hand, who only could get a terabyte of storage, but they got other perks, now for their $50 a year, get unlimited storage. Uh, Flickr became a part of Verizon back in 2017 when Verizon bought Yahoo. Remember, Yahoo owned Flickr. Uh, But SmugMug bought Flickr from Verizon, or rather from Oath, the combination of Yahoo and AOL, back in April. So this is kind of the first big revision of Flickr since SmugMug took it over. 
I have been a Flickr user since well before Yahoo bought Flickr. Um, and I've paid for Flickr Pro, even though I don't really use it anymore. And I don't really know anybody else who's, who's using it. But it has worked really well as a photo repository with, with um, you know, full, uh, um, the full file sizes, right? The one terabyte of storage uh, for, for free, even though I was paying, was really advantageous. And I actually recommended it to people all the time. Like, I don't know, just get a Yahoo account. And I mean, it's really good photo storage. So the fact that they're dialing back on that does not surprise me. The fact that you don't need a Yahoo login anymore is great Um, because I, you know, I had a Yahoo account, but that was literally the only reason that I used it was to sign into Flickr. And I don't know. I mean, if you pay $50 a year for unlimited storage, that's that. I mean, we're, we're used to these subscription models now that is, if it's truly unlimited and you take a lot of photos and they take up a lot of space that might be a good deal to you. I just don't know how many people who didn't already exist in the Flickr ecosystem in, in you know, the last, gosh, I don't know, 10 years, 12 years, would be swayed to do this with all the other options that they have with cloud storage. Well, one of the things Smugbug said in their press release around this is they're trying to divert people from using them as storage for photos. And <laughs> restart the community aspect of well okay but i mean you're offering people like crazy storage and so. for 50 yeah, whereas that's, before that, it was that's just what a, you're using to draw no, them in before it was a free terabyte right and so people would just dump their photos because they're like i don't even have a terabyte of photos now they're saying look if you pay you'll get unlimited because we want people who actually want to put their money down not just use this as free storage well but okay i i mean okay community greets Who's talking to you on Flickr anymore? Well, that's what they want to start back up again. They want to make it a community of photography enthusiasts. It's back in pog form. (laughs) I think it's a very tall order um, when you're asking somebody to plunk down $50 a year. I don't know if in our, as we mythologize our history, as every generation does, if there will be a story of a more beloved yet abused brand than Flickr. Mm. Flickr... uh, to this day, like why we're even still covering it is kind of amazing, considering <laughs> how far it's bounced around from its. In- but it's in- got angle. it's got a huge n- amount of active users too. Like oh, it, I know. it's yeah, not I top mean, of mind like Instagram, but a hundred million people use it. Something I, like that. I know it is. It is cult- It is a cultural touchstone. Yeah, uh, it is. It is amazing how, how much it has retained while it is very obviously just bounce ping-ponged around the internet uh, owner to owner uh whatsapps vice president chris daniel said wednesday that the company will start putting advertising in its status feature sometime next year whatsapps status feature lets users share ephemeral text photos videos and gifs the advertisement would be reportedly powered by facebook's native advertising system whatsapp has more than 1.5 billion users and has never been ad supported before. I am shocked, shocked that Gee, WhatsApp, I if this is why a the free app left. with yeah. all of those billions of users, would start to introduce advertising. Yeah, and this is why the founders left. Uh, they remember WhatsApp. You used to have to pay for it. Yep, you paid ninety nine cents or something, right? Uh, it was not much, uh, but it was it was it was the ethos was we aren't ad supported. 
that ethos finally has changed with the departure of the founders and the pressure of Facebook in a way that isn't sticking advertising in your messages. It's their sort of Snapchat like feature. Um, but yeah, Sarah, I'm with you. I'm, I'm not shocked. They were purchased by an advertising company. It was a matter Facebook of time. Makes money because they sell advertising. And and look, you can sell the the oh, but we're a company that's you know we really wants to just understand communication and we want to safeguard these companies to grow as they will. And that lasted about as long as I mean, I, I think I'm shocked. I, I, I don't say I like it. But I'm not surprised at all. No, no, no. I, I'm I'm surprised that they held out this long. Yeah. I, you know, WhatsApp has been gigantic for a very, very long time. On the other hand, ads in the status, not the worst thing they could do, right? Oh, sure. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's a feature of WhatsApp I don't currently use. Mm-hmm. I use WhatsApp with certain friends, usually that uh, don't live in the United States um, because the usage um, in certain markets is is big and I want to talk to those folks. Um but now, yeah, like the the whole sort of activity status part of it is, I mean, it's very Facebook. Okay, you got that in Instagram now. You have that in Facebook already, and have for a while. WhatsApp, not a big surprise. They're all Facebook properties. All right, moving on to Google now. Google will require users to enable JavaScript when logging in. Google uses JavaScript to run a risk assessment and says 0.1% of its users run with JavaScript turned off. This will disproportionately impact bots, which run through headline browsers with JavaScript turned off for performance reasons. Google will also use data from PlayProtect to list harmful apps in the security checkup section and prompt them to uninstall them. The company will also notify you whenever you share any data from your Google account, not just Gmail or contacts, the account in general, and Google will begin walking people through securing their account if potentially unauthorized activity is detected. So going going in reverse order from the most recent one that you mentioned, I love this idea that if you've been hacked, uh, they're going to walk you through security. Like, do you have financial data? Do you have, you know, what about this third-party app? Let's walk you through all this stuff. They're adding more things to the security checkup section to help you say like, hey, this app is listed as harmful. Are you sure you want this? Maybe you should uninstall yeah. it. Uh, these third-party uh, services have access. Did you realize that? We're not just talking about Gmail anymore. We're talking about any access. This is all good till you get to the JavaScript part. And I know I'm probably being unreasonable because 0.1% of users have JavaScript turned off, but I'm still in the mindset that turning JavaScript off is a good security practice to protect yourself from getting hacked. And the idea that you have to have JavaScript on to run a security check just rubs me the wrong way, even though rationally I know that that is not necessarily a bad thing and that JavaScript is is no longer as much of a security hole as it used to be. There's just something I can't get over there. Well, I mean, this very much seems like the the engineer solution to this problem, right? Like these bots are headless and they and they turn off JavaScript so they you can run more of them, right? Yeah, uh, and so this is going to keep bots out until the bots start running in browsers with JavaScript turned on. Yeah, it is. It is just a very interesting kind of solution to that to say, like, all right, well, what's the one thing that these all all these things have in common? 
Java, the JavaScript's turned up. All right. Well, you got to have JavaScript turned on. Although that's not the only reason. The, the JavaScript running on is because they do other checks. They do other behavioral yeah. checks as well. And I get that. I understand that. Uh, and if you're running something like NoScript, you can authorize Google and say, okay, Google can run JavaScript, but nobody else can and still be pretty secure. And if you don't trust Google to run JavaScript, well, then you shouldn't be using Google anyway, right? So, <laughs> right, yeah. You know. It just, I don't know. There's just, uh, there's the, I guess I'm just getting old and inflexible, but part of me just bristles at using JavaScript as a security function. The kids these days. Uh. Freedom House issued its annual Internet Freedom Report. We've talked about this in the past. 17 of the 65 countries listed in the report have adopted laws restricting online media. Uh, by the way, Estonia topped the list for internet freedom. If you want the most internet freedom, go to T2T2's country, Estonia. The U.S. saw a one-point decline in its freedom ranking, attributed mostly to the repeal of the open internet guidelines, the net neutrality rules. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence, Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed, and Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit Anthropic.com slash Claude today. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then Stripe tap to pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, Visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. As well as the renewal of surveillance authorization, uh, which is the first time that the surveillance authorization could have been changed since the Snowden revelations, and it was essentially just passed as is with no changes, roughly. 18 countries increased state surveillance out there. 32 countries employed commentators, bots, and trolls to manipulate opinion. And there's good news. Armenia uh, use social media and communication apps to help its peaceful revolution earlier this year. And Ethiopia's new prime minister released bloggers from prison and pledged to ease restrictions on online communications. So, um, you know, some good news, a lot of uh, bad news. And and generally, uh, you see in this report, Freedom House pushing the idea that fear 
of fake news and bots and trolls is being used in a lot of countries to justify repressive restrictions on communication. Uh, including this one. We talk a lot about really. internet access and depending on where you are. Yeah. Like what are the speeds that you can get? Uh, you know, is your, is your government compliant? And, and I wonder, we, you know, when I read something like this, it's not unlike someone saying, well, these are some really good schools in the area where you might want to buy a home. <laughs> Iceland or you might has a move lot of to. internet freedom. You might want to move there. Exactly. Yeah. The internet access is quite good here. It has a walk score of 90%. Um, and I, I wonder how, I mean, obviously we all care about this, but how much will this turn into something that is actually a, a very important factor for the average uh, I don't know. Well, how family. much pressure does it put on governments for change? I think that no, the, the reason no, no, Freedom no, no, House too. puts this yeah. out is to to apply pressure to governments to to push for a more open internet versus a more. I, I, I think that the nature of this and what we're seeing here is that the more people are aware of the internet, the more people have the internet as part of their daily lives, the more we will see restriction. Yeah, uh, and and whether or not. That restriction is good will be up to the government and the solutions for which that they offer. But uh, to me, this is uh, the the moments that we are having right now culturally, uh, be it about politics or sports or culture or anything else. This is because we have more and more people that now understand the Internet to be a part of their daily lives, more so than we could have ever imagined when we were. Uh, when, when, when Tom, when you were started this franchise oh so many years ago, right? Like this is a totally new world because we've crossed the threshold. We've hit a tipping point. And when that happens, that means that government, there is government viability in making it better. And now whether or not the cure is worse than the disease is up to your political philosophy and, and specifically each thing that is put out there. But uh, to me, I read this and I see the more we know about it, the more we want to mitigate it and the more we want to control it. Well, and the more effect it has on people, the more people want to control what effect it has on people. Yes. Right? I mean, even for good. Uh, Another thing that I thought was interesting in this report was India and Sri Lanka came under criticism for turning off uh, internet connectivity and and blocking apps during riots uh, and during conflicts because they said they wanted to control the conflicts and stop the mal- malicious actors from communicating. And Freedom House says, maybe that isn't the best way. Maybe you also, you do more harm than good when you do that. And that's up for debate. That's an interesting conversation to have. Folks, if you want to get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes, be sure to subscribe to dailytechheadlines.com. It gives you everything you need to know in brief. Time for a brand new segment I invented an hour ago called Quick Question. Uh, <laughs> I invented this segment when Gigamat asked on Twitter, can DTNS detail this during today's show, even just a few minutes? I'm a techie and confused as to what this means. He is referring to Recode and Vox announcing that they're partnering up. Now, I was trying to just answer his Twitter question and ended up taking a lot of notes. So... I'm just going to answer his question here in front of everyone. Recode was bought by Vox in 2015. So it is confusing that they're partnering when Vox already owns Recode. But Recode has essentially been partnered with The Verge, which is also owned by Vox. In fact, sharing staff uh, and sharing writers and sharing posts in some cases. With Recode taking a more business slash opinion slant, Kara Swisher, the founder, a co-founder with Walt Mossberg of of Recode, uh, announced the partnership saying Recode will shift 
its editorial approach to focus writers on pointed narratives rather than simply topics or specific companies. So there's an editorial shift as part of this. Essentially, Recode will still be called Recode, but it's going to become a section of Vox.com. So it's kind of shifting away from The Verge and, and joining Vox. You can see an example of this sort of thing with io9. They made a big deal about the fact that io9 was merging into Gawker. If you go to an io9 story, it still looks like you're on io9, but it's essentially a subsection of Gawker now. Uh, Recode will still be a separate business, but it will have a unified newsroom. It'll be part of the Vox newsroom. The partnership with Vox is meant to broaden the appeal. They intend to invest in more writers, more resources, more editorial reach with a more ambitious editorial vision. And they expect a relaunch of Rico.net on Vox.com early next year. Dan Fromer is leaving as the editor. Also, Kara Swisher is uh, writing a column for the New York Times. Uh, She started writing that earlier this year. And the Wall Street Journal reported that the media holding group was on pace to miss its revenue target this year by roughly 15%. So those are the facts, Justin. Yeah. What's your take on this? Advertising. You have an advertising division that has to sell advertising. And it's way easier when Vox.com can go to advertisers and say, how would you like all these page views? As opposed to saying, hi, we're the Vox Media Group. We have this site and this site and this site and this site. And then GE can say, okay, but we want this and this, but not this and this. This is the exact same thing that Gawker went through. It's a lot easier for them to say, oh, no, no, no. IO9 is not our weird little science fiction site. These are just the science fiction stories that are on Gawker.com. Same thing with Valleywag. If you are not a big enough brand that advertisers want to advertise with you no matter what, then it's easier if the ad salespeople can sell it as part of this whole that bolsters their page views and their clicks uh, versus a sub brand that is harder for the people that are selling you know, jelly donuts or chairs or whatever to to buy ads on. I mean, when I worked at TechCrunch, even though I was in the video division, I worked closely with a lot of the writers and page views were king. Um, yeah. as they still are. And, you know, if somebody, if, 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 if Spotify announces their earnings report and you get more clicks on your article than Rico does on theirs, then you've won. And so I think that the folks at Recode have never really, uh, focus too much on that more of a, here's our take that is informed and thoughtful. And because we're a bunch of professionals and that's why Recode is one of the outlets that I enjoy most. Mm-hmm. However, when you get into a situation where it's like, okay, well, if we do the fact stuff, we're never winning and we can't be independent doing what we're doing now. And again, with advertiser money um, to be, to, to, to be put into play, that's not that we will, we will be seen as a loser unless we become part of, again, I know Vox media is, it's a little bit complicated, but Tom uh, spelled it out a little bit earlier that um, to be part of the verge as a, a kind of like here, we're the grownups. Here's where you you get a little bit of a deeper dive on a lot of the stuff. Makes perfect sense. Um, you know, who, who knows what the financial situation is for for Recode, but it seems to me that it it keeps everybody who works at Recode who does what they do very well happier in the long run. Yeah, it moves Recode away from being a tech site and into being yeah. the tech lifestyle aspect of Vox. 
uh, right. Vox.com, which is a more general news site. Uh, yeah. I, I, sorry, go ahead. I, I, I just was going to say, I see Kara Swisher gone from Recode within two years. I wouldn't be shocked. Uh, although she will be more of an important part of that site even than she is now as if it moves toward opinion people, but they need to grow. Well, I, I, in fact, she might even still do a column for them, but just no longer be be, be running it. No, yeah. no, I would I would buy that. Look, and she's not running it anyway. They're looking for a new editor. She hasn't run it as an editor in, in a while. Sure. If if you're looking at it as a reader, as a fan of Recode, yes, this will change the content to more of a not an everyday read necessarily in terms of finding out your one-stop shop to find out what's going on in tech. You're going to get more opinion kind of stuff. But in general, I read this and all I see is this was the advertising department complaining to the higher ups and them getting their way because guess who pays everybody's salaries? The person who's trying to sell Triscuits or to sell Nabisco, <laughs> the Triscuits are the, are going to be sold and advertised on Recode. Hey, everybody, if you want to participate in our subreddit, well, I have good news for you. We have one. Please go to dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com. You can submit stories and vote on others. We're also on Facebook. If Facebook is more of your bag or maybe both, Reddit and Facebook, not going to hate you. Facebook.com slash group slash Daily Tech News Show. Uh, real quickly, let's check the mailbag. Let's do it. The first email came from KV, who says uh, he is from surprisingly warm Virginia. I enjoyed your discussion about where modern phone design is going with increased screen area and notches and workarounds around that whole thing. Just to provide another perspective, I think wasn't mentioned in the discussion. When did bezels become so heated? KV says to me, if one doesn't notice the notch, why is a neat or uniform bezel considered an eyesore? See Samsung S9 or the Pixel 2 XL. The notch feels like an ugly compromise for very minimal gain, used more as a marketing bragging rights about screen to body ratio, which is, which is, oh dear. What's the matter? Uh, I'm sorry, this email just went away. Oh. which is then amplified in the tech press. Sorry, got it back. I'm reminded of when manufacturers were obsessed with making their phones thinner every year, often at the expense of battery life. However, now phones seem to have gotten a little thicker and a little heavier with very little attention. Obviously, just my opinion. Thoroughly enjoy the show. Watch it daily. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say uh, this is not the first person to say that they uh, they have run into uh, a, a mystification of why people are promoting bezel-less as a, as a function. So people, bezel haters of the world, write in <laughs> feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. Tell us, tell us why we shouldn't have bezels because the bezel lovers are making some good points. Thanks to everybody who gives us feedback. And also thanks to Justin Robert Young for being with us this fine Thursday. Justin, where can people keep up with whatever you're doing these days? Oh, it's a big week, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, uh, you will be able to follow not only all of the uh, last sprint toward the midterms politically on my newsletter, free political newsletter, dot com uh i i i really would very much encourage folks to go ahead and check that out as well as my live show only a few tickets remaining this is a, a spend election night with me that is tuesday november 6th election night as if you guys haven't been reminded about that enough on the internet 7 p.m uh the piano fight theater in san francisco you can get your tickets right now bit.ly slash wave watch we're going to be watching live results Come in, analysis, and 
to to look normally you're just watching everybody futz around on television waiting for things to happen instead of doing that watch me make fun of the most insane campaign ads of all time this midterm season uh, uh, right there at the theater. So have a great uh, time buying tickets, please. Thank hey, you. folks, it's Patreon Day. Thank you so much uh, for backing us. Uh, this is the day when we start collecting the pledges from patreon.com slash DTNS, and there's a cornucopia of new stuff up there for you. An interview with Rob Reed about why he thinks we really need to worry about an apocalypse, even though he's an eternal optimist. Uh, there's also my latest editor's desk about uh, the, the story we talked about earlier about the freedom uh, of internet access. I've got a lot more thoughts on that it's all available at patreon.com slash dtns if you want to give us feedback our email address is feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com if you want to watch us live we're live monday through friday at 4 30 p.m eastern 2030 utc and you can find out more at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live back tomorrow with justin robert young hosting along with darren yeah. kitchen sarah and i'll be out they'll see you then this show is part of the frog pants network get more at frogpants.com Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024.